0: Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the river I believe that um, what the Lord has given me for this morning is very timely and I believe that even sensing in the in the worship time and just even before service in our prayer time and just all that God has spoken to us really over the last uh, week or so um, that this morning will be a benefit to many of you in this place. I believe that we are in a season where God is declaring uh, rest for us. Uh, many of you have gone through seasons where Uh, a lot of your life has been turned upside down and you have faced a lot of challenges and a lot of difficulties. And I could sit here all day and tell you story after story of people in our church that are facing just tremendous obstacles and odds, fighting uh, sicknesses, fighting diseases, fighting uh, just... Challenges in their marriage and challenges in their finances. And, and the list goes on and on. And uh, I do believe that God is bringing us out of those seasons. Or maybe not bringing us out of those. Maybe that's the wrong terminology. But putting us above them. Yeah. Right? You know, there's there's never probably going to be a time in your life where you're not facing some kind of challenge or some kind of difficulty. But here's the deal, is the very things that are oftentimes meant to drown us and to take us under are the very things that God has destined each and every one of us to walk above. Amen. Amen? I think about Peter being beckoned out of the boat and if and, and if he's not walking in the anointing and the power of God and if he's not invited upon those waves with the invitation of the Master, then he's going to drown and there, there's no way to overcome it. But when he is beckoned to come out of the boat by the Master and he's given the opportunity to walk above the waves, the very thing that God has called him to do, that God has asked him to do, he is destined to do. And you also... Find yourselves in in many of the similar situations in that the troubled waters of life are are looking for ways to take you down and to drag you under. But thank God that He has given us an invitation. He's given us not only an invitation but the anointing to walk above the waves of life and the waves of difficulty. I think for many of us that um, learning to rest is probably a difficult thing Um, We are busy, and uh, we are often encouraged to be busy, and because of that, rest is often alien to us. It's something that that seems like a uh, distant um, fantasy that can never be realized, but I believe that God has a place prepared for us, and that is a place uh, of rest and, and restoration. He is a restoring, redeeming, uh, renewing God, and He is always looking for ways to pull us into that that safe haven. and uh, And so that's what I want to share with you this morning. God actually teaches us Uh, the principle of rest in the creation story. As we go back even in the beginning of your Bible into Genesis chapter 2, we see that God sets a precedent for us. He sets the tone for how we are to operate uh, in the busyness of life and how we are to operate uh, under that... um, Under the workload that we have. And so God teaches us the principle of rest in that story. And he sets the tone and models before us even how we are supposed to rest. And So let's look at that uh, quickly as we get started this morning. Genesis chapter 2 verse 2. It says on the seventh day God ended his work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all of his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested ...from all of his work which God had created and made. And so we see in the very beginning of time... Uh, of humanity, that God sets a tone for us. He sets an example for us. And uh, the fact is that if you work too much, and if you are spending way too much time wrestling, and even if you're not physically involved in activity, if you are mentally engaged in activity, that can be a lot of times more devastating to you than uh, physical activity. Uh, And I know that if you do that for a long period of time, and you don't come away and get some rest, you become grumpy, you become irritable, You become become difficult to live with? Can I get a witness in the house today? (laughs) Amen. And it's so true. And so God sets the tone for us and he shows us that we need seasons of rest. And and that's what we want to talk about this morning. God rested. God rested. And if we're going to learn to rest and if we want to stay in harmony with his rhythms. If we want to stay in harmony with his rhythms then we have to learn to rest too. And so this kind of goes along with this contentment series and, and the tone is set in the same way in that I confess to you that I am the worst about embracing contentment. I'm also very poor embracing rest. I'm not a restful kind of uh, guy it doesn 't come natural to, uh, naturally to me. I have to uh, mentally engage and really try uh, at learning to rest and so I feel like that this is not only uh, seasonal for us but I think it 's certainly seasonal seasonal for my own life. And things that I am being forced to learn to share, I am being forced to develop and learn and, and place in my own life for, for my own uh, good that God is, God is challenging me in. And so today, let's go to our text. Uh, I'm going to turn to Matthew chapter 11. And uh, we're going to begin in verse 28 and read a couple of verses of Scripture there. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. I'm going to read to you out of the New King James Version, but then I'm also going to parallel that this morning with the uh, Message Bible because I think the message is such a good tool for putting it in practical terms for us and really laying it out in such a way that uh, we're like, oh yeah, I understand that, I can connect with that, and I can actually go and actually live that out and do something with that. And so let's look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. It says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now from the message, this is what it reads. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Anybody in the house today that could benefit from learning to live freely and lightly, turn to your neighbor and say, you need to lighten up. Amen. Wow. Wow. That hit a nerve right there in the congregation, didn't it? Wow. Lighten up. We need to lighten up. We're carrying a lot of things a lot of times that we were never meant or made to carry. God didn't design us to do that. And so let me ask you this morning. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? If so, then maybe today is going to help you as I preach to you about seeking rest. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, today for your presence. Lord, we thank you for your spirit that's in this house. Lord, for where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. And we sense that uh, in this place today, God, that you are moving us to a place of refuge and, and relief. And we thank you, God, for that. Lord, I pray that your anointing would rest upon me today as I communicate these thoughts and these ideas that you have shared with me, God, and you have spoken to me. Lord, let it touch the lives of each and every person in this room. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to give you three things this morning that I think will help you concerning rest. The first thing is this, that rest is first initiated in the mind. Rest is first initiated in the mind. A while ago when I was talking about uh, the fact that, you know, I think that mental tiredness is much more detrimental to us than physical tiredness. If I'm physically tired, yes, I may, uh, I may even be grumpy because I'm sore or uh, tired or stiff or something of that nature, but there is nothing worse than dealing with someone who, or being someone who is mentally worn out. Their countenance on your face changes. The, the, uh, the, the situation uh, does things even to your physical body that, that, that can be seen and, and shows up in a number of different areas. And so we see that even that tiredness and weariness is initiated in the mind oftentimes, but so is rest. Rest is a conscious decision and a commitment that I must make it's something that I must choose. It's something that I must must decide that I want in my life. Rest doesn't just automatically happen, and a great lie of the enemy is this: that that if we just if you just get past this thing then you'll, you'll, you'll get a break. If you, if you can just get a promotion at your job, then, then you'll, it'll be easier and, and you'll get a break. If, if you can just get past this circumstance in your life, that you'll get a break. And I'm saying to you today, and I really believe strongly that God is saying to us, look, it's not about getting through it, it's about getting above it. It's about rising above the things that are trying to drag you down. It's trying to live above where the Master reigns. Jesus is transcendent, right? He's above all things. And He's asking us and inviting us, come up here with me. Stay with me and let's walk above this stuff together. If you're waiting for your life to dramatically change, I have bad news for you. Perhaps it may not. Perhaps things may yes you may go through uh, this particular season but I'm sorry to say there's probably going to be another season around the corner of difficulty and challenges and if we can't learn to rise above those things and still have rest and peace and joy in the midst of those trials then we're going to suffer for the rest of our lives always waiting for the next situation to happen. Rest is initiated first in our minds. We have to Learn to understand the, what I call the yes-no principle. There's probably a better, better name for it, but this is what I'm calling it this morning. The yes-no principle. And that is this, that I, if I say yes to some things, then I'm saying no to other things. If I say no to some things, then I'm saying yes perhaps to something else. And we have to learn to utilize that principle in our lives. Some of you in the room today, don't look at your neighbor, but some of you in this room today cannot say no to anybody. Right? I cannot say no. I only say yes. And everybody can't get a yes from me. Because when I'm saying yes to everyone else, guess what, I'm saying no to something. And a lot of times what you're saying no to is your own peace. Your own rest, your own recovery, your own chance to gain strength again and be able to actually be effective in what you're doing. Some of us are worn so thin and worn out so much and burned out so much that we're not doing any good for anyone and certainly not doing any good for ourselves. Now you know me as uh, that I'm not uh, the kind of preacher that encourages you to think about yourself all the time. If anything, I do the opposite quite a a bit. And I'm telling us not to ever get so uh, self-minded that we're not thinking about other people. But listen, there's a balance there. There's a balance there too. And you can't give, 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 give without taking some time to let the Lord refresh you and find some refreshing in your own life. Now I'm I'm hesitant to even preach that to you this morning because what happens a lot of times is people take that and they run with it and they forget about the other part of it which is giving and releasing things to to other people in your life. You have to be balanced in both of them. You have to be balanced. But what I'm saying today is that we need to embrace the idea and understand that there's a principle here that when I say yes to something, I'm saying no to something else and we have to learn to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. You can't be everything for everybody. You never died on the cross for anybody. You never rose from the dead with, for anybody. You never bore the stripes of Calvary up on your back for anybody. You're no one's Savior, and you're not meant to be everybody's healer, everybody's redeemer, everybody's rescuer, everybody's Savior. And so you have to say no to some things. The problem that we get into and why we find weariness so prevalent in our lives is because we don't know how to do anything but to carry every burden that's dropped in our lap. And we're walking along and this person's got a burden. Oh yeah, I'll take that one. And uh, this guy's got a burden I'll throw that one on my back too. And before long we are so burdened down with things that we were never created to carry that there is no rest for us. Weariness and lack of rest originates in my mind so it must be first managed In my mind. If I want rest, I'm going to have to go there first in my thinking. And I'm going to have to keep myself there in my mind. You have to, any place you go in life, you have to go there first in your mind. If you're going on a vacation, what are you doing first? You're thinking about it in your mind. You've already went there in your mind, right? The same thing with rest. If you want rest in your life, you're going to have to go there in your mind. You're going to have to set some parameters. You're going to have to manage that in your brain. And you're going to have to get some different thinking about everybody else's stuff and everybody else's baggage. Not everything is your burden. Not everything is your problem. Not everything is your responsibility. And again, I want to temper it again by saying, do we need to be conscious of other people? Yes. Do we need to take care of other people's needs? Absolutely. Did God give us that mandate? Absolutely He did. But we only need to do what He's asking us to do. And trust that there are other members of the body that can do what I'm not called to do. And what I'm not gifted to do. One of the hardest things for me, and, and this is why I'm saying to you that if anything, if this is for anybody, it's for me. Is is the church. If something's not getting done, I feel this this heaviness and this weight to make sure it gets done, and a lot of times, and especially in the past, I have been guilty of wearing myself slap out, working myself to death, trying to keep up something that it's not my job to do it all. It's not my burden to bear. It's it, this is a body of believers. Not not I'm not the body, and you are the members, right? I mean, we're all the body together. And so, if something doesn't get done. I just have to say, look, it's not about pride anyway, and it's not about the persona that, that, oh, they've got everything together. They must have a really good pastor. (laughs) You have to let some things go. Because I know what I'm supposed to do. And I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And so if I do what I'm supposed to do, then I'm just trusting that God will bring the right people to do the things that they're supposed to do. Amen? Amen? Amen. So first it first has to be managing in your mind. You have, to let, you have to let the enemy's voice go. You have to let that go. He will always be taught. He will quote scripture to you. He will try to convince you that, that the word tells and teaches us that we are to worry, uh, worry about everybody's stuff. That we're supposed to bear everybody's burden. But we're supposed to bear one another's burden. And so that means all of us together carrying the load together. Amen? Another way that I keep myself in a place of rest in my mind is understanding what the Scripture is talking about in 2 Corinthians 10.4. It says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down what arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The temptation to exalt arguments, the temptation to wrestle with these concepts and things in our minds uh, that, that go against the knowledge of God is an invitation for us by the enemy to move without God and an invitation to move away from God. The place of rest, and we're going to talk about this in just a moment, is found in Jesus Christ. And so when I let guilt, and when I let shame, and when I let the worries of somebody else's situation and problems become my problem and my worries, then I'm starting to exalt those things in my mind. I'm giving them too much place. And what it is, is the enemy is dragging me away from the place of rest and peace in Jesus Christ. He's pulling me out. He's trying to to weed me from the herd, if you will, and get me into a place where I'm vulnerable and worn out and have no effect to anybody else. We learn another principle in the garden that I think is important for us to understand, and that is the principle that we have a choice as to which tree we are going to eat from. You know, in the Garden of Eden, God plants two trees there, and He says to Adam and Eve, you can eat... Uh, ...from the tree of life anytime you want to... ...but this one tree, the tree of knowledge... ...I don't want you to eat from it. And in the garden of your life... ...you have two trees as well. You have the tree of life... ...and you have the tree of knowledge. And if you spend your life... ...eating from the tree of knowledge... ...there is nothing but heartache... ...there is nothing but shame... There is nothing but guilt. There is nothing but difficulty. But sometimes it's good for us just to stop and say, okay, which tree am I eating from in this situation? I'm choosing to eat from the tree of life. I don't need to know about everybody's problem. I don't need to know about everybody's situation. I don't need to keep digging in to this conflict. I don't even want to hear about this conflict. Rather, instead of eating from the tree of knowledge and taking that deadly bitter fruit, I'm going to say I want to eat from the tree of life. A lot of us would find rest if we would just choose to eat from the tree of life than to eat from the tree of knowledge and try to find out everything about everybody and what's going on in this person's life and that person's life. Listen, there's a real blessing in not knowing everything. There's a real peace in not knowing about every situation. And I'm not talking about putting your head in the sand and being unaware and and completely uh, unconscious of what's going on around you. But I'm saying to you that we have to decide what is important for us to know and what is unnecessary for us to know. Because there is not only a blessing in knowledge, there is also a curse in knowledge. Sometimes, I wished I didn't know things. As pastor, I'm just saying, it would be a lot easier to pastor... A lot of times if I didn't know everything that was going on and I didn't know about certain situations in people's lives and stuff, it'd be be easier. There'd be a less weight in my life. And so sometimes it's a curse to know everything or to know a lot of things or to know a lot about a situation. And for many of you, you constantly eat from the tree of knowledge rather than embracing the tree of life. And you're on the phone asking about this situation and that situation. It used to be called gossip, but we don't mention that anymore. Um, (laughs) We don't want to bring that term up, but, 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 but eating from that tree of knowledge. Not only gossiping, but just trying to be everything to everybody. Even out of good intentions. Even out of the purest of hearts. You can find yourself digging into things that is not your burden to bear. And there's no life in it. And so I'm just encouraging you to take this principle and eat from the tree of life. I don't need to know everything. I don't need to know all the details. I don't need to go digging into everything that's going on. Ecclesiastes says it like this in verse 1 or chapter 1, verse 18. It says, For in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases in knowledge increases sorrow. Sometimes it's good for us to be blissfully unaware. Amen. Matter of fact, I'm jealous of people sometimes that are blissfully unaware. They're just happy, go lucky. They have no idea that the world's falling down, down around them. And they don't care. And I'm thinking, God, I'd like to be more like that. Could you help me to be less aware of my surroundings and to trust you more? Second thing that I want to share with you this morning is that rest is found only in the presence of Jesus. True rest, true rest is found only in the presence of Jesus. From my perspective... And I think certainly in the context of our passage today, rest is more of a place we go rather than an action we execute. I'll say it to you again. that I, I believe from a, the context of our passage that rest is more of a place we go. A place we go to rather than an action that we execute. Let's look at Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 again. It says, come to me and I will give you rest. He says, come to me. Come closer to me and I will give you rest. In the message it says this, it says come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. So in both passages, in the message and the New King James, he both starts with come to me. It is a place we go to in order to get the rest that He promises. Psalms 37 and 7 mirrors this when it says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. He goes on to say, Come to me, this place of rest, and get away with me. Anybody want to get away? Don't you like the Southwest Airlines commercials? When the guy does something, he's like, Want to get away? Absolutely. I'm, I'm on board. Let, give me a ticket and I'm, let's go. Get away. We need to get away. But sometimes getting away does not mean leaving where I'm geographically located. Getting away is a place we go to in the presence of God. Where we find rest and, and restoration in Him. That show um, came out several years ago uh, called What About Bob? You know what I'm talking about? It says Richard Dreyfus and, um, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Bill Murray. Bill Murray, yes, thank you, thank you. Bill Murray, and Bill Murray is this psychiatric patient, and he's got a lot of problems, a lot of issues, a lot a lot like many of you in this place today. He got a lot of issues, <laughs> lot of, a lot of struggles, a lot of challenges. And, uh, Richard Dreyfus has gone away on vacation, and and Bob shows up. Even though he's been told not to come, he shows up. And uh, they're they're battling, trying to get him to go back. He won't go back. And so finally Richard Dreyfus pulls out this uh, prescription pad, and he writes on it, and he says, Here, I want you to take this, and this is what I want you to do. And he says, It's a vacation from your problems. Take a vacation from your problems. Many of us need to take a vacation from our problems. They're still going to be there tomorrow. I'm not saying that we neglect them that we don't deal with the things that are in front of us. But sometimes we just need to take a break. We need to step away. And the place that we need to step away to is not to our friend so that we can help them eat from the tree of knowledge. Did you know I had this problem and that problem and she did this and she did that? We're feeding them the, the forbidden fruit. We need to take a vacation in the presence of Jesus. Because in the presence of God... There is peace. There is restoration. Why do, I'll tell you, why do people come uh, during worship and they come and flood these altars and they pray? Because they're, they're stepping out. They're taking this, this step of faith and they're saying, I'm coming into a place of restoration. I'm coming into a place of rest. I'm stepping out so that I can get centered in Christ. And for some of us, we can't just go there in our minds. We've got to have to take some physical steps to get there. But we all are trying to do the same thing, and that is to find some relief in the presence of God. To let Him wash over us with His presence. We all need to get away with the Lord. How do we do that? Through worship, through enjoying His creation, through solitude and silence, spending time alone, quietly with nothing, nothing, meditating on the Word and and just letting God speak to us. We uh, have been doing some dove hunting. And uh, to be honest with you, I'm just not a very good shot. I mean, right now I've got about three or $400 invested in two doves. <laughs> and it's just not a good money-making situation. But here, here's how I validate it. Because I'm not going out there for that. When I go out there and I sit on that bucket and I'm just wait, I, I don't even, I'm, one reason I'm crummy is because I'm not paying attention. And those things come in at lightning speed. And if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss them. And, and so half the time I'm, I'm fiddling with something or, or lost in space somewhere or something. But that, that has been a refreshing time for me because I go out there and I sit amongst uh, the trees and just the cool breeze blowing. And I just spend time sitting there thinking about God. And there's a restful place there. I went out there the other day and I didn't even shoot. I just sat out there by the pond and just enjoyed being out there by myself. And I thought to myself, you know what? This needs to be a regular for me. This needs to be something I do on a regular basis because God will speak to me in those moments. When I shut all the noise down and I get away from all that and I come into His presence in the midst of His creation, what a blessing. He says, get away with me. And you'll recover your life. It's time for us. It's time for you to recover life. To recover His life in my life. To release His life in my life. He says this. He says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. A real rest sounds good to me, right? I mean, a lot of times we take vacations and we come back, we're more tired and we get back from our vacation than we were before we left. I need to take a real rest from time to time. Perhaps instead of praying, Lord, come and give me rest. We need to learn how to go to Him and receive it. Psalms 91 and 1 through 2 in the NIV says this, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. The third thing is this. Rest comes from embracing the mission of Christ. Rest comes from embracing the mission of Christ. How can that be? Because it's through the mission of Christ that I connect with the life of Christ that is being released in me. Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 says this. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And the message, it says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Now he just says in the previous verse, I'll show you how to take a real rest, and then in the next verse says, walk with me and work with me. Seems to be a bit of a contradiction, doesn't it? Seems to be a little bit of a uh, conflict there. But he says this, he says in verse 29, watch how I do it, and learn the unforced rhythms of of grace. I connect with the life of Christ when I engage in his activities. And through this engagement, his life and rest are released in me. I'm dwelling in the shelter of the most high and I'm finding rest in the shadow of the almighty. How? Because I'm engaging in the activity that he's engaging in. I'm walking with him. I'm keeping in step with him. I'm letting him teach me how to to do the things that he's asking of me and to do them without exerting my own energy and my own strength and my own power, but resting and walking with his. When I learn the unforced rhythms of grace, there is a supernatural ease to my activities. And I want you to think about that term, unforced rhythms. I love it that it says it that way. It says you aren't trying to make anything happen in that situation. You're not trying to make things happen. Anybody trying to make things happen in your life and you just keep hitting wall after wall after wall after wall, it's because we're working, forcing, forcing things to happen. When I learn the unforced rhythms of the there is a supernatural ease to my activities. I ain't try, I'm not trying to make things happen or forcing anything to happen. We are simply working with the rhythms of grace. It paints a picture for me. And the picture for me is me lying in a boat on a pond, lying in a boat on a pond and gently being rocked by the waves. I'm not forcing anything to happen, but there's rest there. Getting in my hammock in the backyard and letting a gentle breeze just just sway me. Not trying to force anything to happen. I'm not exerting a bunch of energy in the process, but I'm simply letting the Lord lead me and direct me. I'm learning to walk with him. I'm learning to keep in rhythmic step with him, and I'm learning to follow his lead in the dance of life. He says in 2 Corinthians twelve nine, He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon you. The power of Christ may rest upon me. And when the power of Christ rests upon me, what do I receive from that? I receive His strength, His rest, His, His peace, and His direction. If Amber would come to the piano this morning, Matthew eleven thirty, as I close, it says, For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And the message it says this, I won't lay anything heavy, or ill fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Nothing is too heavy when it is fitting, but everything is heavy when it's ill fitting. He says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill fitting, He will only lay upon you. Many of the burns that we carry in this life are not burns the Lord's put upon us. They're burdens that we have chosen to take upon ourselves. And for us, they're ill-fitting. They don't fit us. But nothing the Master puts on your back is something that, was not, that you were not created to carry, that you were not made to deal with, that you weren't made to handle. And so this morning, I just want to say to you that if you're here and, and you're holding some things and carrying some things, that you're having difficulty bearing out, then perhaps you need to evaluate whether or not you were really created to bear them out in the first place. Because he says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Crescent Street, in Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us after the Say hey.